All right. Shalom, shalom. Welcome everyone who is listening, whether in the U.S. or around the world, locally, wherever. Welcome to our very first podcast, Outpouring Fellowship Podcast. Again, welcome. I'm your host, Caleb Meal. And this is uh, Matthew Hatton. <laughs> yeah, the whole joke is that I, I got his last name uh, uh, wrong, Peyton, and then he had to correct me. So I just was like second guessing myself. Okay, what is it? What is it? Remind me. Remind me before I before I uh, be uh, make the fool out of myself. <laughs> Matt, it's good to have you uh, on here. It's I'm telling you, this is uh, this is a new thing we're doing, and it's uh, it's exciting. We're, we uh, I look forward to seeing what the, how the father is going to use this podcast. Mm-hmm. So am I. Hey, um, well, before we get started, let's just kind of, like I said, let's just uh, introduce ourselves real quick. So like I said, I'm your host, uh, Caleb Meal. I'm, I am currently live in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. If you hear the accent, I'm, uh, I'm originally from New York, not the city, mind you, but uh, Buffalo area. But I still hold, held on to that accent. People will always ask me, Caleb, where are you from? I'm from, I'm from New York. The city? No, unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> but um, but uh, it's uh, I, but I've considered South Carolina pretty much my home. Uh, a little more, a little bit more about me, uh, about my journey with the father. Um, I've lived, in, I've grew up in a Christian home. Uh, we moved to South Carolina uh, in the year two thousand and two. Uh, due to my father got a job opportunity and the Lord used our move to South Carolina uh, as a way to really build us up in our relationship with him. Um, and then from there on, the father was teaching us all kinds of stuff uh, along the road and uh, just how important it is to be overcomers, how important it is to abide in his word. Because when we abide with, uh, when he said, Jesus said that if we abide uh, with him, he will abide with us. And th that's how we grow closer with him, by abiding in prayer and in his word and just being in his presence. And when we do that, we learn more and more about him. So um, being a kid, uh, still growing up and learning what that meant, what that looked like, uh, probably I didn't start growing in my relationship with the father until I was like, you know, in middle school, high school. That's where I, I think that's where usually where it starts with a lot of kids, um, at least with their testimonies. It's, it starts there. They start thinking for themselves. They try to figure out how to deal with things in life. And uh, being a kid who was homeschooled all his life, uh, definitely learned a lot when I first went to middle school. Oh, what a story I could tell you there. Um, but uh, um, but uh, other than that, if anything, the Lord used that to help me grow and to, you know, uh, to, you know, uh, make me more mature than I was. Uh, and then know what it means to overcome people and with uh, and help, help allowing the Lord to help you with that. And um and then from there on, went went back to homeschool. We did other programs on, on, online uh, programs, and then graduated. Praise God! Uh, and then I went to uh, Greenville Tech for for a couple of years, and then I went to finally was I wanted to go to the college where I always wanted to go was North Greenville University, where at first I majored in youth ministry, changed majors to intercultural studies, which is basically learning how to be a missionary. Uh, and loved every minute of it. Loved it. Loved it. And don't worry, Matt. We're gonna get to your your testimony. I feel like I'm dragging along. But uh, other than that, um, through all through this through that journey, the father was teaching me different stages 
of, of just knowing him, of just understanding his word, understanding his ways, what, and always, at, you know, testing everything than what you've been taught in this, in the church system. And throughout, throughout our journey, probably when I was yeah in high school, we left the church system uh, because we felt like we weren't getting fed. And then when we, when we gathered together as a family and read the Bible, you know, as a family talked about what we read and listened to, you know, preachers out there who were, who are all about just, you know, really bringing a real food from the, from the scriptures, really like getting you excited about it. You know, that thing that, that's kind of what's lacking in the, in the system. Sometimes it's the, there's lacking of excitement, lacking of the move of the Holy spirit, but we'll get, but it, we can get into that another time. But, um, that's where we were, we were hungry for some, we felt like we weren't getting fed. And this is before we learned about other things and all that, but, uh, it started there and then it worked, uh, in, 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 uh, in other journeys. And I can go on about that, but, uh, that's another, uh, story for another time. Um, and then now being a part of a ministry called Omega Kingdom Ministry, uh, is, is, is a ministry based on teaching others how to build churches congregations within your household and teaching others how to do the same in their household it's uh mm-hmm. you know making it grow uh and uh after i graduated and finally paid off loans i was looking for uh, mission organizations to apply for and um and then through my journey uh, i heard about this ministry the uh, omega team which i'm part of with which i'm a part of, of right now and uh and i asked the father i was like when i heard about it and what they're all about i'm like wow that is that's exactly how I love that. I love that idea because that's, that, that's really what you see in the book of Acts. That's what, if they was always in homes, whether they meant synagogues or sure, but they met in homes and, and it was more real. The relationship with the father was more real. Uh, so I, I loved what I was hearing about it. And then I was just, so I was asking the father, father, I need your guidance here. I was on an interview with one of the mission uh, organizations and I asked father, if you want me to go with this mission organization, you need to you need to give me an answer. If you want me to go with this, give me an answer. And he did. Uh, again, I can go into details, but he led me where I'm at right now, and I don't regret it. I've been loving what I've been learning, uh, the journey, and the people that I've met. Matt included, his wife Ruth, and the people that are, are the leaders of this missions and the congregation that I have a small one, but yet I, I love them to death. Uh, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't trade it in for anything in the world. Um, and so, the Lord. Um, that has led us, led the, a small team to uh, reach millennials, my age, um, including Our Matt. Age. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> uh, yes, 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 our age. Um, uh, and because uh, we, we realized that we do, due to a lot of research that millennials are leaving uh, the church building, the church system, and for whatever reason, but they, it's a huge percentage. And so we want to reach millennials, Generation Z, and or the youth, all of the all of the above, and to show what a congregation uh, should look like, what it did look like, and what it should look like now. So that's what we're all about, and we hope that whoever's listening will be inspired for what we're, what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but Matt, let's uh, uh, introduce yourself to the audience. So hey, everybody, I'm Matthew Patton. Um somewhat a somewhat of a similar story but not uh not identical for sure um born and raised southern california still here (laughs) yes in california (laughs) 
make your jokes. Uh, yeah, we've had some weather lately. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, yeah, I'm actually in Pasadena, which if you guys don't know is not far out of LA. Um, and the reason I'm here is because 10 years ago, I moved to attend Fuller Theological Seminary. And I actually have an MA in theology from Fuller, not that it really matters that much, but it is what it is. And I'm, my wife and I are living on campus, and um, so one of us needed to be a student, and it was my turn again. So here I am again. Um, I may wind up applying for a, a PhD program, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what God does in the meantime. Um, but I also grew up in a profoundly Christian home. Um, we grew up in the vineyard movement, but also Lutheran roots. So low church and high church. Interesting balance. Um, and I was, you could say that I was born and baptized in religion. Hmm. Um, maybe not so much so as my wife was, being that, anyway, I'm, I'll let her tell her story when, at some point she comes on. Um, anyway, so we, we met uh actually during my first quarter here at Fuller and kind of the rest is history i mean we were a part of a small prayer ministry that was very charismatic i mean uh the stories i've heard from just before i came <laughs> they were super into the sort of the, the Bethel stream so all the crazy manifestations, healings, all that charismatic stuff, which greatly intrigued me coming from the Vineyard Movement because I, I have kind of always seen Bethel as Vineyard 2.0. Uh, yeah, definitely some different takes on things, but uh, in general, it's kind of what the vineyard should have evolved into, but it hasn't for the most part, at least to my knowledge. But um, my wife and I came across Omega Kingdom Ministry about three years ago. Uh, we jumped into a small Zoom prayer group, actually. It was just as all of Convid was happening. And, you know, it, I'm as, as tech oriented as I am, and I have a tech business that I'm trying to start. Um, I really don't get that much from doing Zoom calls. <laughs> Just not the way I'm wired. And so it was, and it was difficult with two little ones at the time they were two and five <laughs> just bouncing all over the place mm -hmm. they still do <laughs> how old but are they now they're eight uh five and eight now five and eight yeah um 
and were homeschooling. And I also was homeschooled for a few years. So yeah, we got a <laughs> there's lot of folks. We got a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting change of pace for me doing, doing a, a podcast like this because um, I'm used to just sort of talking to the camera <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I do for my business. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, so I think that's enough for now and more story will come out as yes. time goes on. Um, so let's get into the conversation. Yeah, shall we? absolutely. Absolutely. So, and yes, folks, we... just, just, just get, just to let you guys know, bear with us. I mean, at least bear with me. This is my first time actually doing a podcast. This guy, he's, he's in front of a camera tw uh, 24 seven. So oh, this is stuff much. is new. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, please bear with us as we are, um, figuring everything out and um and again i and lord willing i mean lord and he's gonna he's gonna show us what you know how to do better bless us however what we need and right now this is uh what we're what we have right now is sufficient at least for now so uh we just ask mm -hmm. the father to bless it and i was just about to say we should probably pray before we get into the conversation yes let's go for it so lord come and be with us and all those who listen and watch um, help us to clearly speak and to speak what's on your heart, not even necessarily what's on our agenda, but what's, it, what's on your heart for today, for whoever you lead to watch this, to listen to this. Um, that they would understand the difference, at least start to understand the difference by the end of today. And yeah, just come and be in our midst, even as we're across the country. Mm. <laughs> as this is sort of an ecclesia in micro. As we talk about you and share because that's that's the core of what ecclesia is it's doing life in jesus name amen amen all right so for those um like i said what we're, the point of this podcast is to reach to uh, people our age who have left the system um, again, for a variety of reasons, and there are probably still people out there who are still looking for fellowship, just just don't want to go back to the church building, so, or who are questioning, or who are questioning. Those who are like, well, I, I love the Lord, I love the people, but the structure just doesn't make sense. Right, and we have an alternative that's what this is about yes and a, an alternative that's existed long before the the how, the how the church looks like now um 
again, uh, and there and and there are other uh, ministries, and I'm sure whether ministries or other churches that meet in homes. So this is like this is nothing new, but no. if anything, especially during this uh, uh, crazy time and uh, due to exposure and such, that people are 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 seeking a um, a deeper fellowship, a family, if you will. To just talk to, just talk to talk to each other. Um, ask, just ask to pray for one another, to encourage one another. Um, and it's kind of hard to do that in um in in a structured uh, church building. It's not. It's. It, I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's harder. It's harder that way. That's why they, you know, a lot of church systems they try to do programs where people meet in homes, and they got the right idea, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But again, um, there's again with that, there's, there's usually always a um program that goes with it or you know um not just like a just have a time of fellowship and just talk about the lord together just or just maybe just or just bring your bibles and let's just share some scripture let's talk about what we're confused about you know yeah or just um or just pray for um you know to healing or what, what's going on in the family and just uh declare healing and what or whatnot um, but again, uh, there's a lot of things that, that even the church doesn't even address or doesn't want to because they don't understand. And see, with a, at least with a home church, uh, 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 clarifying, uh, in a church in the house where everyone you know is in the same area and just talking with one another, you can be real with each other. You can ask questions. Well, let's strike the church language. Hmm. Because that, that's going to confuse, I feel like. The, the reality is this is home fellowships. Mm. This is, from my background, it's a kinship that's not attached to a church. Right. Um, because even in kinships as autonomous as they typically had been, in my experience, um, it's very tied in with what the pastor is doing mm-hmm. on Sunday morning, usually. So there is no Sunday morning pastor here. Right. It's just, okay, here, here's, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's what, I'm, what I've been reading. Here's what I'm chewing on. What do you guys think? And also encouraging one another to grow in not just charismatic gifts, but all the gifts. Right. Um, and that's something that gets overlooked, even in churches that are charismatic, mm-hmm. because people just want the flash. They want the, the tongues, the healing, the prophecy, the words of knowledge, all that sort of stuff, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But as Paul says, if these things are done without love that's nothing it you may as well be banging a gong right right yeah i'll never forget what learning from a teacher that that addresses that same issue that yeah these are great but these should be the results of your relationship with the father are you developing christ-like character because when you're developing Christ-like character, you will be ending up healing people. You will be able to prophesy. You'll be able to do these gifts. Because you know what? It's so easy. Coming back to me, it's so easy to fall in love with the gifts rather than the giver. And we have to be careful mm-hmm. of that. But we still want these because 
These are all for the ecclesia to perform to show that there is a God and he still exists today. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... And that's what's missing, right. we think, is that power element, especially in the mainline denominational churches, where, honestly, they're kind of dying. Right. They were even dying before the whole mm. craziness. Um, I mean, I re- it, that just accelerated it. Right. I mean, because I, I re- in one of the classes that I took for, uh, for missions of just the one of the books was the, the oh, I don't remember, but it talked about deceased churches. So we, we, they were already talking about like, why are the certain buildings, um, why, are, why are they being emptied? Why are they being abandoned? And so, and not just, not, we're not talking about the world. We're talking about the USA. Why, mm-hmm. why is it, why is it that uh, churches are being abandoned? Well, one thing there, there, it, there doesn't seem to be any life. It's just how it was in Jesus's day with the synagogue you know, with the Pharisees, it was just religious. This is what we had to do uh, because we were taught, we were taught to uh, follow the commandments and also adding our own so that it would make it even better. So that were that, you know, for whatever reason, but you know, just whatever reason of them adding the oral traditions, the traditions of the elders or whatnot, but it began, we at the church, we tend to, we, uh, we fell on that same trap. Yep. that's because humans do religion. Right. We always have. And Jesus was anything but religious. Right. I mean, it, there's not even, yeah, it's, Jesus was the antithesis. Mm -hmm. And this organization that has grown up through Christendom as as problematic as that term is these days, Um, where the church went, where Christians went from being a persecuted class to being a powerful class, from being persecuted and thrown to the lions or forced to be killed in the arena in various other ways to basically running the show after Constantine. Right. Right. And, (laughs) and that has led to, I mean, like I was talking about in my promo, I, As someone who enjoys theology, as someone who enjoys God talk, um, as someone who thought that he wanted to be a pastor in a traditional way, Mm -hmm. um, this flies in the face in a lot of ways. It's instead of building mega, it's building micro. Mm. Instead, of a, instead of a telescope needing to look from afar in order to see the entire building, because it's become all about the buildings, right? Mm. Yep. And the programs. Oh, 
we, we must have the, the newest, the best programs. Really? Is that where life is? Because it doesn't seem like it. Right, right. Uh, and again, it's, it's, just, it's just one of those things until you realize you don't think about that as much. You know, you don't think about, even though, don't get me wrong, for those who are listening, and if you're a part of a, in the church uh, building and part of programs, try to he hear us out in the sense that we're not trying to tear down you in, in the sense, tear down your program at all, because we're not saying that you're not changing lives. That's that's not what we're trying to get at. But it what we're trying to say is it's so easy to be um, busy, busy with this and fall uh and just go go with the program and try to follow a structure well again it's not always about structure there's always order don't get me wrong there's always order in some things there's always a time for order and structure absolutely but when you're when but when you rely on the structure to try to get a job done then it goes back to falling into religion this is how it's got to be done in order for something to something to come out of it that's form without power hmm to use a Jesusism. <laughs> right. Because that's what temple was. That's what synagogue was. It was form without power. Right. It was a bunch of people getting together and hearing interpretations of scripture and singing psalms. Right. Which there's nothing inherently wrong with. We're yeah. not saying that that's that that in itself is a problem because that's essentially what we're talking about doing in micro in say up to a group of 10 mm. rather than oh this is your this is your uh, your core group to plant your church no 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 that is the church right that is the fellowship and you and as you bring in more people, because people will in inevitably wind up being attracted to this, right? especially people our age who desperately need family, who desperately need community. Mm -hmm. And we created at our coffee shops, right? <laughs> we, we create it at these hookah lounges, at fill in the blank. It's what we do. It's who we are as a generation. This is bringing that home. Not saying, oh, we have to go somewhere else to go do this. And it doesn't have to be the same house all the time either. Right. right. And this is intended to be a neighborhood thing. Again, hence the community. Exactly. Uh, a group that I joined uh, a couple of months ago, a uh, singles group, uh, the person that hosts it in her home, uh, because she she tried to uh, wanted to start at least ask the church that she's a part part of to uh, start a group that you know were her age millennials. Honestly, it's uh, people our age, and th their focus, the church's focus, was just mainly on children and the elderly or like the youth and the other but not not but nothing in between there was nothing for that and they were trying to look well we can do this but again i don't know what the, all the details were but it, it just wasn't the plan wasn't uh it wasn't reaching their ears 
So they were like, okay, well, I mean, what's wrong with us posting it? I mean, that's the, that's the kind of thing we're looking for. The willingness of people just hosting get togethers, reading the, reading the Bible together, encouraging one another on our journey, telling about our testimonies with the father, uh, and, or and just fellowship and eating with, uh, with one another, go, you know, going out and, and events and, and all that. That's what it should be about. Mm-hmm. And being also at the same time, because again, it's not all about our pleasure. It's about being led by the spirit. So, uh, so we can go in his direction so that, you know, we can change people's lives. Uh, and, and what you said about, you know, how people will be attracted, just look about what Jesus, with all the stuff that he did, how he attracted thousands, if not more. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just how, and now, now that he's, you know, at the right hand of the father and given us his Holy Spirit, just how much more could this be effective if we did it his way? You know, rather than the uh, Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration moment where he's like, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let me let me build structures for you. <laughs> like I, I imagine Jesus just sort just sort of gone. Uh, yeah. Come on, Pete. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> dude. I mean, but, dude, but, but you're missing the point. Get, I mean, again, Enjoy the again, moment. Yeah. Right. Right. But again, we probably would be the same way, right? Oh. Because come on, absolutely. Would, you know, seeing this glory, but yet we were just trying to make you know be human. And just, you know, be reasonable. Hey, let's just set up with that. I mean, we'd be, we would be in the same boat. <laughs> we, we evangelicals. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> but yeah, it, Ecclesia is just about doing life and doing it around the Lord. Putting him at the center. Putting each other at the center. And it's not... And while naturally there will be some who are more leadership oriented just the way they're wired it's not meant to be uh hey look at so and so they're preaching again no 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 everybody gets to share everybody needs to share and nobody gets nobody gets a free pass every time <laughs> There are moments, of course, but as you grow into community, as you grow into family, you won't want the past because you'll know that you're safe. You'll know that these people have invested in you Mm. and you've invested in them. That's what ecclesia is. I'm glad you mentioned the uh, mentioned the word. Uh, for those who don't know what ecclesia is, uh, that is the Greek word that apparently, in through that time, historians had translated the Greek word ecclesia to church, and that's hoping, and that's why we're here to help kind of give you that, uh, give you a better idea and correction of how that came to be. Because in in on the on at Caesarea Philippi, this is where Jesus made the quote to the mm-hmm. disciples. He said, "Upon this rock, I will build my church." Again, that's how my we've been always ecclesia. taught. That that's how we, we've always been taught that he said, but in the Greek language, he said it, how it translated. The Greek word for that is ecclesia, and that's properly translated as congregation 
or assembly, but it it's a people, you know, community of individuals. And it also had a profoundly political aspect to it. An ecclesia in Rome was the group of people that a governor or Caesar himself would send into a new territory to establish a new Rome in that city. Mm-hmm. They were to be the authority. There were 8, 10, 12 that would get sent out. They would be apostles. That's what apostle means, a sent one. Sent one, a messenger. Right? So that's part of what this podcast is meant to do. It's meant to make you think and then make you pray and then go, wait, I think this is it. Right. Because again, this is what I've been missing. Yeah. Because again, here's what here's what we want for people who are listening. Test whatever we're going to say. Okay. Test it. Because, you know, not a lot of uh, people just, you know, after they leave a church service, they don't usually go out. Now, again, from my experience, this is just from my experience, because I, I, I'll, I'll go. I, when I was younger, uh, I remember asking, you know, students, uh, you, you know, people my age then, I would ask, oh, so what's, uh, what's the Lord teaching you? And they barely gave me an answer. Um, as I got older and as it was college students, I got more response there than I did in a youth group. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, but still the, it just shows you that, um, that we, you know, we're not, we're not, uh, if anything, what uh, my point was, uh, we're not, um, taught, we were, I didn't see a lot of encouragement, like go back to what the pastor was t- teaching about and, you know, see what the father's trying to teach you through this, you know, or like, did it, it, it tested, is that, is that, is what he said is correct. You know, you know, always, Test everything. Always put, you know, hold people accountable. And uh, and again, we're, it's that's not always encouraged in the sense. Um, again, not trying to tear down all pastors, but there are those. Um, that's just the re- is the reality. Um, but we, for those who are listening, test what we're going to say. Now, going back to um, uh, um. I had a little hiccup, but Matt, if you got some, go, go ahead and share. So, yeah, I'll, I mean, come back. more on the word ecclesia. It, like I said, it was a very political thing. Um, so that's what Jesus was calling his, the 12. They were his ecclesia. Oh yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Because when I first learned this in the classes that we, that we took uh, um, for the ministry, just to get it, just to show, give us a better understanding. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. Cause again, it just shows you that Jesus doesn't say something or at least use a word um, to, uh, you know, at random. He's always got a reason. Just look at with our father. He doesn't miss a single thing when it comes to scriptures and how everything ties together. It just shows you with Jesus, when he, whatever he did was, there was always a point to it. And there's a reason why he said ecclesia. Mm-hmm. Not one of the words, words. <laughs> <laughs> Ever fell to the ground. He never uttered a pointless word. It always, they always came back the way they were intended to. Maybe not in that moment. Right. But it always, the word of God, and that's Jesus, last time I checked, um never goes void 
Right. It's a seed that always bears fruit. Right. Not ev- not every seed when it is sown does. Thus we have the parable of the soils. Right? Mm-hmm. But then again, not every it, but many who do wind up yielding 30, 60, 100 fold. That's not times, that's fold. And <clears throat> that's like, okay, to give you an idea, fold, when you're talking about fold, it's basically like exponents instead of multiplication. So it's whatever that was, times itself, times itself, times itself, times itself, times itself. Not just, you know, nine times seven Mm -hmm. or whatever. So, yeah, it's, that's what Ecclesia is about. It's about going small. It's about creating community. It's about creating family. It's about really getting to know one another right and not being afraid that you'll be rejected because well you you sinned <laughs> no the the ecclesia is about coming around us when we do mm-hmm. and going okay we all we all have our issues right yep. Yep. so let's have grace for each other and help pick each other up when we do right yeah how, how many times how much time i mean um how many times has it been that in like a big church you know for, like when you said like about getting to know each other you, there are those that don't even know each other and they go to the same church mm-hmm. um then we've missed the point the whole point is to go to a place where we can get everyone can get to know each other who is this part of the same member not denomination mind you, the same member of the same body. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, yeah. to put it in context, my wife and I went to a mega church for three or four years. Same. Here in Pasadena. And, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name drop because there's no point. Um, but it was a very charismatic church. Um, started in the same stream that I was. So it was somewhat comfortable, but it was closer to Bethel than to the vineyard movement in the way it sort of functioned. Still does. It, <laughs> I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but they dropped the ball when it comes to community care. And they do have small groups, but it winds up becoming cliquish, mm. which is the case often mm. with larger churches that have small group ministries. Right. If a school um, can do, if a school can have cliques, absolutely. And then, and the church is structured like this, you're gonna expect that. It's just human. Yeah. It's just human, and you know it's. It's a tricky thing. It just is. 
and there's not much that there's not really much we can do to mitigate against it. So instead of being a part of a pyramid structure, which is what the church is, you have the pastor on top, you've got the staff. At least that's what it's become and not supposed yeah, to be. But yeah, right. The well, the church. Right. Um the organization, yes. not the people. The people sort of filter into the organization and most of them are way down at the bottom going I'm not really getting much here <laughs> right mm-hmm. I mean it's and that's what we're that's why Omega Kingdom Ministry that's why Outpouring Fellowship sorry is period that's why we do what we do Mm-hmm. is to provide space and place for growth that can happen, does happen sometimes, but often gets cut off at the knees just due to the way church structure works. Yeah. And that's why the church... And I'm not talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about the structure, right. the organization, organizations, tribes, that's uh, denominations, what have you, with all their myriad distinctions um, that come from different misunderstandings. <laughs> and I, I'm not really interested in that anymore. There was a time, um, but I think the I think the way forward is small. I think the way forward is ecclesia. All right, let's look, and, let's yeah keep going. Sorry, and you know, guys, st- stick around and learn more as as the podcast goes on. It's it's a it's an an amazingly beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I can speak from experience um, just from the Bible study that I, that I joined, just sitting in, down with each other. We even our last Bible study after the, after the Bible study and we were just eating all that, we were just having deep conversations and some got into, I would say maybe got a little tense, but, but we still talked about it and we, we, we had our disagreements and we had our agreements, but yet, you know, no grudges, no, 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 you know, bashing each other. No, he's saying hey, you're, you're wrong. Or, you know, it's all about sharing our experience and what we think about it. And then hopefully that we bring Christ back in the center of it all. Um, but that's, again, that's how it should look like. This is what, it, this is what a congregation a fellowship should look like able to, I think of, um, I love the show, uh, blue bloods, uh, if anyone, you know, uh, um, with, um, Tom Selleck and, and, uh, every episode it you know this sunday dinner and they you know they talk about what they're going through they they'll every episode could have you know at the dinner table can have tension other times can have laughter other have you know just like daily conversations some can be just sobering i mean you you don't know what to expect but the thing is with that family they're open to talk about whatever and just you know just talk about it that's how it should look like with us as the body of christ able to 
share what we're going through, share our frustrations, share our encouragements, share our joy, share our, you know, what, what we're discouraged by, you know, and, and everything. And that's another big Greek word, koinonia. That's that doing life. That's what gets translated as fellowship. Mm. And most of us have no idea what fellowship is. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> like, the primary pop cultural reference is probably Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> so what was the fellowship? The fellowship was a group of people that organized around a specific issue being the ring and making sure that the ring got unmade, right? So that's what Ecclesia is. It's a group formed around one Lord. Right. Plain and simple. Right. And going back to um, uh, Jesus sending out the two, you know, it was kind of, it was preparing them to show what their, the focus needs to be on focusing on bringing his message, but to, you know, go out and to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and to lay hands on the sick, casting out demons and so on, so forth. Mainly, mainly those two at first. And then in uh, quoting from Mark, um, saying that these, these signs will follow as you preach the gospel. Then when you lay your hands on the sick, they will be healed. You'll cast out demons. You'll do these signs and wonders. I mean, I, signs and wonders is not in there, but it's still, it's part of the same thing. It's part of the miracles of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Oh, and if poison touched you, it won't harm you. So the, these things will follow. Mm -hmm. um, and the church wants to suppress that because, you know, th they have no experience with that, at least a majority. And it's not, I would say that it's not even so much a lack of experience, it's a lack of interest because mm. the Holy Spirit is inherently de democratic, which goes completely against that structure that we were talking about, that pyramid structure with the pastor on the top, right. the authority, the father of the house. <laughs> okay, but we're not supposed to call anyone father other than right. the father. father. So... How does that work? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, right. And what happened to the rest of the fivefold ministry? You know, we we have the teachers, we have the pastors, or if you want to call it shepherds. And evangelists. Uh, and, and evangelists. But what about the other two? People think that the apostles. The prophets just, and apostles. Yeah. And what did he say? That the cornerstone and, I, and, and kind of prayer, paraphrasing, but the cornerstone, of course, is Jesus. But then mm -hmm. the prophets and the apostles are first, you know. Mm -hmm. So and then um, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and all that. Yeah. So, but if people like to think that the apostles ended with the twelve. But again, what is it? What does the apostle mean? What, what, what do you say, Matt? A sent forth one. A sent forth one. I would argue that missionaries are that. Because they're go called to be sent out. Mm -hmm. So, if Absolutely. anything, but and again, and again, um, and not trying to go forward, but again, there's it's just trying to it's just that lack of understanding and proper understanding of uh, of the roles or people think you know they need to be titles. Well, that's how we've been taught. That, you know, they like someone should be called prophet, someone should be called apostle and people will can, tend to be tend to 
uh, get a little iffy about that. But no, we're called to be, we're called to be those, every one of us, depending on the, how the Holy Spirit's leading us, we should be acting in that characteristic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be willing to prophesy, not on your own authority, but by the by the power of the Holy Spirit's uh, authority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, teach because the Father's called you to teach. Evangelize because the Father has called you to evangelize. Shepherd, so, you know, um, shepherd like locally, wherever, however you're, you're, wherever you're called, just because the Holy Spirit has called you to shepherd uh, the local ecclesia, you know, and and uh, um, and you know, apostles and all that. And if they're called, you're called to set go, go. Mm-hmm. So I mean. Absolutely. And it's, it gets hobbled, especially, and it's not even so much in my experience that people have an issue with the term apostle. It's more the prophet. Right. It's the, the office of the prophet. Well, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't move that way anymore. What? Since when? How do you well, figure? A lot of a lot of people quote, uh, quote from uh, Hebrews. They say that you know the prophets. Um, you, you heard from the message from the prophets. Now we hear from the Messiah, and which is true, which is true. Don't get me wrong. We hear. We need to continue to seek um, Jesus that way we may hear from Him. But the Lord has still given the gift to prophesy because He mm-hmm. wants us to speak His word. Exactly. You know, and, and prophesy all, his word that exists and, you know, whatever message that goes along with it. Go for it, man. All prophecy is, is a dialogue with God that you share with, with somebody else. It's when God says, says something to you that isn't just for you. Right. And prayer is conversation. It's not just, Lord, I want X, Y, and Z. Give me a, give me a Cadillac and a no, 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 come on. <laughs> Name it and claim it. Nab it and glab it. What is it? Blab it and grab it? Yeah, there we go. No, that's, that's, that's not it. That ain't it, Chief. So it's about being... <laughs> no, I can't remember where I was going with that. <laughs> but, oh yeah, Prophecy. It gets so overblown, right? Because it gets it. It's been so mystified, right? That ooh, a prophet. They might read my mail. They might tell me something about myself that nobody knows. Yeah, that's one of the hallmarks of proving that somebody is a prophet. That was why the woman of the well knew that Jesus was who he said he was, because he told her about herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was essentially a word of knowledge. That wasn't even prophecy. Prophecy, like I said, it's just conversation. And then God says, go tell person X what I just told you. That's all prophecy is. Right. And and it gets so... And we should be careful absolutely with how we convey the messages god gives us absolutely but not so much so that we're terrified 
to even think, well, I could hear from God. You can and you do, you should. That's, right. it's a two-way relationship. Right. Last I checked. <laughs> so if it's a two-way relationship and prayer is how that kind of gets worked out, right? Then part of prayer is being quiet so that we can hear. So that we're not just blah, 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 like Greta. um and to and to be completely upfront we we tend to be rather um (laughs) politically conservative some would say far right wing Eh, whatever the Constitution should be the law of the land. Right. It hasn't been. That's all I'm going to say about that right now. <laughs> and coupled with that is this very democratized, this very... I, I hesitate to emphasize the individual side, but it's what it is of Christianity. It's this personal relationship aspect that is also worked out in these small communities right. in ecclesia right. in more far more meaningful ways than in a tip in a standard church right and the other thing about a church it's just the church itself as we know it the organization the structure it just stays in one place you know but the thing is what jesus said he told us to go out Mm-hmm. And this is constant, you know, constant conviction, conviction to me and the father's, you know, leading us in, in, these, in whatever form. We, and this is kind of, this is technically going out. We're, we're making ourselves known here. Um, but he told us to go out. The point of the ecclesia congregation is for it to spread, not just like stay in one location, but to spread. And your ecclesia doesn't have to be far right. Do you do what makes sense as you study the word? Yeah. Everything, of course, lined with scripture. That yeah, when we say that, we want we making that's the thing with and that's the thing when we want to try to make clear about the structure. Um we this the system has made the system itself has been the head of the church for so long. And that's how this is all we've known. And Jesus, we're trying to bring jesus back as the head and the one thing i wanted to mention with you know people like that don't agree with this is saying oh no, no we don't do, we don't do that we teach we teach jesus as the head and all that well i'm just like okay i uh, um i can't i, I don't want to argue but and maybe that individual he's continued being led maybe maybe so but the thing is, but it still doesn't ignore the other things that you know that the church has been treating you know the way it is now um, and I, I quote from um, what Paul, when he was uh, dealing with a certain people, I cannot remember uh, which one, but he was um, talking about, he wanted to mention, uh, they had all these other gods. They had like numerous gods. And Athens. Then the one, yeah. Okay. Athens. Thank you. Um, and there Mars was Hill. one that was like the invisible God or the unknowable mm-hmm. God. And Paul well, the saying, unknown. Yeah. The unknown. And he was saying, 
I see that you have one God. That's, that's the unknown God. I know who that is. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who has, said, who has sent his only son, Yeshua HaMessiah, Jesus the Christ, to bring salvation. And, 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 and later he quotes on that, the Lord has allowed, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but the Lord has allowed ignorance for a time. But now that time of ignorance has ceased. It is time for you to come to know him. And in the same way with the, with the churches today, that, you know, the Lord has used them, okay? We're, the Lord mm -hmm. has used that, absolutely. But at a, at a level, okay? Like everything else at a level. Uh, and, you know, there's a time, and, and now that, that level, you need, to, you, need to, you need to move forward. You can't just stay there. You need to move forward. You can't live in, we can't live in ignorance because we'll never grow. We can't just, you know, remain where we're comfortable at, what we know, and, and not move forward to, you know, the unknown. And that's, and that's human nature. We're scared of the unknown. Mm -hmm. But the Lord has told us to don't be afraid of the unknown. I know what's ahead. You don't need to be worrying about that. But you need to move on or else I, I won't be able to use you. I can't bless you. Faith. 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 And Abraham didn't know what was, he was going he didn't have a clue he just went and thus god called him friend and perhaps this is your call out of ur out of haran out of the church system not to be oppositional that that's not our heart at all we would that everybody would grow and not be stuck at the level of whatever, wherever your pastor is. Right. And not be stuck in this um, church hopping sort of American culture where, well, I like the pastor at that church, but I like the worship at that church, and yeah. I like the people at that church better, and mm -hmm. well, so I'm going to go there one week, there another, and there the third week, and the fourth, who knows? It, that's not how you're going to grow. There's nothing wrong with getting different flavors. And God is all about diversity in that way the disciples are clearly examples of that <laughs> i mean you get everything from your basic fisherman to an architect to um a washed up pharisee to a zealot to a tax collector i mean they ran the gamut and Jesus did that on purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what Ecclesia is about. That's what Outpouring Fellowship is about. Yes. And let's learn this, learn about this together. Let's figure out what it looks like for each of us 
to engage in community, in family, where most of us barely know what family means. And that's a... That's a horrible situation. Whether that whether that be due to um, divorce, whether that be due to uh, having been born out of wedlock and dad just bounced, mm-hmm. or what have you, there's or say you're like the two of us where our parents stayed together. Uh, but there's always stuff, isn't there? Oh, yeah. And we all have our stuff. And Ecclesia is a place where you can lay that stuff out and go, okay, here it is. (laughs) And not be rejected for it. Right. Right. And that's what what people are looking for. They're really looking for, you know, just to... Because, you know, it's so easy to hold everything in. It really is. It's, whole, you know, hold whatever you're going through and just keep it there. Because if you feel like you share, then you feel like you're going to be judged or rejected or someone's going to respond the wrong way. But that shouldn't be with the ecclesia. Um, it's all on how we, um, if we remain there. The whole point is, that, you know, share, you know, talk about what we're going through. And help each other to grow with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so then when we, can, when, when we can encourage each other, then we can go out and tell people about Jesus and perform these, you know, uh, signs and wonders. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, people, it's still here. Whoever's telling you that it does not exist anymore or because it says at Revelation, it says, Amen. No more. I don't know where people are getting that, but that is uns- that's not so. Because the last time I checked, we still live in a fallen world where there's a lot of darkness and it's getting darker by the minute, by the second, really. Um, if you if, if not, check the news. Check what's going on in the world. It's <laughs> it's gone nuts. But if anything, the father's using that just to show the how the enemy is just doing his ever loving best. To corrupt the image of God, you know his his people, and you know, you know for them, you know we can go into that, but it, you, mm-hmm. you see it for yourself. It's get it's getting crazy, and this is where we need to step up, we to be that light, not going out and uh, shouting at everybody, but giving that loving message, and be willing to do, you know, if someone's healed, if someone's has got a disease, or you know, if someone wants to be healed from walking, why why are we not out there? Um, healing these people he's giving blessing people blessing people loving on people yeah it, 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 you realize that they the apostles as well as others that the, you know the holy spirit was constantly being manifested i mean where is that it's still here we just don't know we can't we just can't figure out how to allow the holy spirit to manifest through us um but if yeah, we, let, we get if in we, the way we get in the way it all just comes to down to just being having us, you know, submitting to God goes back and you know, resist the devil, resist all kinds of worldly thinking or our own understanding, 
so that he may flee and that the father can change our mindset to his. You know, he keeps, mm-hmm. keeps telling us that your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. And you continue to do that. Let me let me change your mindset to my mindset. Let me change what your ways of doing things to my way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And because when we do it his way, things get done. And they people's do. lives get changed. I've seen it for myself. I've seen manifestations. I've seen demons cast out. I've seen healings myself. I've done them. I've done a few, but not not as many. But I've I've seen it for myself. I know it's real. Mm-hmm. And that's always been in my thought in the back of my head. Even when I was little, we hear about these tests. We hear about these stories, these signs and wonders, and all that. And I and that and so always probably been in the back of my head. It's like, okay, well, why are we why are we seeing that now? It wasn't until as I got older, I'm just like, you know, and I'm seeing other people doing stuff. I'm seeing. Uh, that I people that I respect that are doing stuff, I'm just like, this is real. I don't see anywhere where that's finished. Not by a long shot. I mean, and like I said, I grew up in the vineyard, but also Lutheran. So on <laughs> it, on the vineyard side, we had signs and wonders. We had people speaking in tongues on a regular basis. We had people getting healed. We had people speaking prophetic words and words of knowledge. In the midst of the service, it wasn't chaotic. And then I had very, very strong emphasis on the word from the Lutherans. And I, and I love them. Love them to bits. They're wonderful people. And I think Luther would be shocked, frankly, at just how stoic they are in large part. I think a lot of the leaders would be the same way of how things kind of just went the way they went. Because, I mean, Luther wrote about literal battles with the enemy, like physical manifestations. (laughs) And then the people who bear his name, Lutheran, hello, um, believe that the Holy Spirit shut up after, after Revelation was finished, after, the, after John passed away. Uh, no. <laughs> no, that, that's not how it went. If that was if that was how it had gone, I don't think the church would have survived. Right. I I can't comprehend people who don't have a living and active relationship with God choosing to stick it out mm. through intense persecution, not okay. just people calling you names. Oh no, like beatings, put into prison, falsely accusing you of something. Imagine them of uh, eating babies. Hello. That was something that was accused that was an accusation that was leveled at the early church. Really? Because they saved the the children who were being cast away. They and then they did communion and nobody understood what communion was. So they're like, these people are cannibals. Because that's what communion sounds like. You're eating the body of Jesus and you're drinking Jesus' blood. Right, right. 
no <laughs> and yes it's weird spiritually <laughs> spiritually real. spiritually if anything uh -huh. we gotta do put the spiritual part because we're partaking we got to address that to people that the re that he did this because we need to partake in his sacrifice that he was going to make and that he mm -hmm. did so we need this is a constant reminder because as human beings uh he tells us to be re to rem he tells us to remember things quite a lot in the mm -hmm. old testament you should remember what i did this for you you should remember this you should remember the sabbath day you know that's another topic for another time but it's still those that the remember because we are forgetful people how, how yes much, we are because uh, <laughs> otherwise, if, i'm telling you if we didn't have the scriptures right now we would forget the stories absolutely well there are probably a few who wouldn't but with the way that Western right. society has kind of right, developed, right, right, right. being so dependent on written, there are society, there are cultures around the world that are entirely oral, that are entirely based on oral storytelling. Right. Still. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, that's that reinforces memory far more than reading something does and if we can go further that's probably what the disciples did too they didn't have, they didn't carry a torah and again they didn't have the new testament as they were they were writing this. it they were right they were living it and they were <laughs> writing it exactly uh and all they had to go by was the torah and the prophets just to show where jesus was and where he was prophesied in them yeah, Phil, example of Philip, when he was talking to the eunuch, the eunuch was reading the prophecy of Isaiah. And I'll tell you, I, you know who he's talking about? The Messiah, uh, Jesus. That's who he's talking about. And there he was baptized. Uh, the, mm -hmm. eunuch, the eunuch, that is. But it just shows you that, that that's all they had. And again, they didn't carry it with them. They A lot of them knew it because they went to Hebrew school. A lot of it was mm -hmm. already taught. And from the teachings of, of Jesus teaching them. So a, a lot of things was probably, was just definitely oral. It was by memory. And I mean, come on. I mean, it's amazing. It's still amazing me that even children today in Israel that go to Hebrew school, they got to memorize every word of the five books of, of, of the Bible of the Torah. They got to memorize every stinking word. <laughs> I mean, I have a hard time just memorizing uh, here and there. It's I mean, imagining having to, you know, that's your test. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> But it exactly. shows you how, you know, important it is to know it in our heart and do it with our hands. That's why they, they tell you to write it on your doorpost, write it on, write it on your gates, make the word known. You need to, and you, and, and the, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, you bind it on the, on, I, I was reading this in Exodus um, on Saturday on, on Shabbat and, and saying, given that illustration that, you know, hey, you need to have the scripture on your forehead and bind it on your hands. Well, the whole point of that is, is a symbolism, is that metaphor that you need to have the word on in your mind and you need to do it. You need to perform it. Walk it. And this is not a religion, uh, a religion trip by any stretch. It's that's how you do. Mm -hmm. It's not just performative because in the doing in the repetition in the repetition it will get in you like for years i have to confess that it's not anymore at this point but for for a number of years from i believe it was my sophomore year of college through when my i believe when my second son was born i was reading 
something from something from the Pentateuch, something from uh, a psalm, a proverb, something from the from the prophetic corpus, a gospel, and an epistle every single morning. And yeah, it's still in me. Mm. Like it just flows. Right. When we uh, when my parents did uh, Bible studies, we would um, uh, there was a devotion that we you know you know swords up, and then we'd have to uh, like we put our Bibles up in the air you know swords up, and then look uh, we say the scripture to look up and we look it up, and then we have to, and then or we put verses on note cards and you, we had to memorize it, and that's always been and there are a few not all but there are a few that still are in my head. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a lot of these things have been co-opted in very, very bad ways. And it's become abusive. It's become life-taking instead of life-giving mm. for many. And especially in our generation, those who went through Awana, those who went through King's Kids, those who went through all these different Bible programs as a part of Sunday school. There's nothing wrong with the programs inherently. It's getting the word in you. Mm. That's the point. If the word's not getting to you, then it's in vain. Exactly. And yeah. We could go on yeah. all night about this. Yes, yes. So I think if anything, I think we'll it, put a pin in it for right now. Yes. If anything, this this does relate what we want to talk about because the ecclesia is is basically what again what we've been just talking about, having a conversation, talking about it. You know, things that we you know are not encouraged to talk about, like the fivefold ministry, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, talking about what we, what we struggle about in. Uh, the scriptures or trying to understand the time and whatnot this is all part of it this and and just the and just what we've gone through in the in our own experiences with the with the church structure organization and all that um hey don't get me wrong i've got i have a i've got great moments but others not so much but mm -hmm. but again that, that that's the whole point of this is to reach to those who have had similar experiences yeah. um like us and have left been whether been hurt left for other reasons whatever we still want to reach out to you and hope and hopefully that this podcast will be a blessing to you that you will stay in tune as we continue diving into what um it means when jesus said upon this rock i will build my ecclesia my assembly my congregation mm -hmm. so um with uh with that being said thank you guys for uh tuning in um we'll put out more information again this is more this is a, a learning curve uh we will find ways of how you can try to reach to us and to ask more questions any concerns or whatnot and uh we uh we will um uh we will post on when we'll be uh doing another recording uh, uh whether we'll advertise uh, through another video or whatnot how we'll do it we will make sure we get that the word out uh just stay tuned and let's see what the holy spirit does Again, this is uh, Outpouring Fellowship Podcast, signing off. Good night, everybody. Oh, and 
just a second. Uh, the yes. the music that you heard in the beginning is called Inspiring Folk by Kale Production. Um, just wanted to make sure that we give credit where credit's due. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we are not thieves. We don't want, we don't want to take credit for anything that is not ours. Mm-hmm. Even this, all glory goes to the Father. Oh, whoops! That's not what I meant. <laughs> Whoop. Okay, where is it? There we go. So, here's the information. <laughs> um, For those who don't see it, whether through audio, uh, but yes, that is where the credit is. Um, yeah. Matt, do you have anything else to say? Nope. I think that's about it. All right. That's been good. Again, guys, thank you for listening uh, to the conversation. Uh, we hope you uh, continue to uh, join in. Stay tuned. God bless. Shalom, shalom.